This is the Death of a Dream podcast with your host, Hannah Ness. Hey, yo. Uh, wow. I like have a head cold or something. My voice is sounding super good right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's be honest. Okay. Drinking the green smoothie? Mm, better today. Less cinnamon. Much less cinnamon. Please don't go extra on the cinnamon. I've gone crazy. Okay. So we're going to go ahead, dive in with our great thing. Duh. Uh, yesterday, my great thing was... Uh, oh my gosh, I finally received the hard copy of the book that I've been talking about, The Honest Enneagram. And um, true to my husband and I's Enneagram number, there was a struggle last night going through this process, talking through the growth of the numbers and the things that hold us back. And oh my gosh, it was such a struggle. It really was. And I like just thought it was going to be all rainbows and and Cheerios and wonderful life. And uh, it was (laughs) bad, (laughs) worse than bad. And here I'm like envisioning this picture in my head, which of course I am like this big drawn up. I'm like, oh, I got my book a day early, you know, tonight. Maybe we'll just sit on the sofa together and really type each other and, and really talk through our numbers and like what are things that are strengths about one another and what are things that are weaknesses and like how can we grow together and in my mind then we were gonna go ahead and attempt to to type our children and at the end of all of this we were gonna see through all the reasons how we like do things and we were going to come out with this beautiful, better understanding of what our lives would look like together moving forward. And like in my mind, it's just like myself, my husband, our two children sitting at our feet and there's like this rainbow going over us and we're reading this book together and we're like seeing each other clearly for the first time and and it's just like beautiful in my mind. And then reality hit. And here's the reality. First and foremost, my children want nothing to do with sitting at our feet at any point during the day. Sitting is not something that they're capable of doing right now with their current energy levels and their lifestyle. That's unrealistic, number one. Number two, the whole thing was unrealistic never going to happen. I mean, if you read through the profile of the types, like first and foremost, ones have a really hard time with Enneagram and self-growth overall. And so like, um, the forces have aligned against you, good Hannah. And... There's a potential, though I don't know, because we didn't make it through even the first three pages, that I'm dealing with two type ones, two Enneagram ones, and this will be a struggle for eternity to sit down and look at opportunities and growth and blah, blah, blah. And so 
It wasn't the beautiful picture that I envisioned, but here's what I do now. It's like sometimes it just takes hitting it again and again and approaching it different. And and I think really with our family growth profile, it's just coming back and not overwhelming in those moments. And I used to, used to, still a struggle, don't kid yourself, but I used to just be, go all in and be like, hey, are you getting on board or not? And keep pressing it until I got what I wanted, which by the way, is not a great approach if you actually want someone to do what you're asking. So I've tried to get better at listening in those moments. And it's really hard for me because I want to just like floor past that discomfort. And last night was (laughs) discomfort beyond belief. Beyond. I can't. I can't even (laughs) really describe it. I can't. (laughs) Um, But I'm gonna have to. So I think it was matching that discomfort and allowing myself to take that in and read what was going on and not just floor past the feelings in the room at that point. Here's what I did learn. This is going to be a multi-step approach. It is not going to happen in one fell swoop with rainbows and Cheerios and wonderful things. It is not going to happen in one night. It is not going to be me because then in like my other vision, like, oh, okay, we aren't going to sit on the couch and our kids aren't going to be at our feet. But like in my other vision, I would read this chapter, we would discuss, we would grow, we would talk. And then um, my husband would be like, hey, can I read your chapter? I really want to know more about you and all the things. And um, that's probably not going to happen either. At least not today. And, um, but I think the excitement, the win, the great thing is that I didn't, um, keep my foot pressed on the neck, right? Like I let up and I said, okay, this is uncomfortable right now. I allowed myself to, to accept the space that we were in. And I don't know that even, three weeks ago, I was strong enough to accept that discomfort and to not just floor past it and make everybody get on board because it was going to put us in a better place. And so that's my great thing is, is really accepting and allowing that space. Um, and, and I've been talking about that for a while now, but I think this is one of those moments, this is one of those things where I realize it's not just me in this situation, right? So that's my great thing. Go ahead and take time to celebrate your own great thing. There was kind of some losses there that you can hear. (laughs) But regardless of that, I found a way to pull out that great thing, that thing that I felt great about. And that's what I want you to do here. It doesn't mean that we're always winning. What are you learning through the losses? What are you learning through the growth? That can be your great thing too. And I think just allowing and accepting that space of great things aren't always winning a trophy. And how are you celebrating yourself every day? Because you're great. I don't know. Do you 
want to be here for that or not just wondering uh go be great today every day and then talk about it I don't know to who uh but find your people find your community I welcome you to this community if you want to celebrate with us we would love to celebrate with you uh so go do that at nothing.com you can find it there you really can I don't know it's crazy right I'm just going to enter in my great thing on some web page and then they're going to talk about it on a podcast. That seems super weird. It's not weird. I don't know. Maybe it is. I don't know. It's our thing. So go ahead and do that over there. Uh, If you do fill out that great thing, you, yes, you can receive yourself some death of a dream swag. You will get a sticker. Yeah. A sticker, this can be applied to water bottles. This can be applied to laptop computers. This can be applied to vehicles. This is the best sticker that exists. Um, And you can receive that if you go over there and fill that out. Now, bigger prize opportunity. Da-da-da-da! If you want a chance to be interviewed on The Death of a Dream, you can fill out that questionnaire and the reasons why you'd be a good fit. Um, It's at the bottom of the page. And you can talk through how you've been recovering from The Death of a Dream uh, for a chance to get a sticker, and a button. I'm a big button fan. I don't know if you are or not. Um, but if you fill that out, you will get that regardless. Um, if you offer any feedback for us, you'll get the sticker. Uh, so do that. There are like prizes in everything. If there was less enticement, I don't know what it is. Um, but you should be excited about that. We have swag welcome. Uh, So go over there and check that out. Fill that out. Do all the things. We welcome you. So let's dive in today. I think, you know, dovetailing off of what we just talked about is this idea and this fact that Miss Hannah here, yes, the one who talks to you every day, um, struggles with feelings of not being okay. You've probably realized this. I welcome you here. This is now a safe space. You should know that I trust all of you to hear this about me. Um, And just know that this has been about three years in the works of overcoming and realizing this very thought. So I was talking to a friend the other day um, about this topic and we were talking back and forth and I'm like, you know, I think honestly, I really, really struggle with people I don't trust um, and sharing that things are not okay. And I, I told you this the other day um, and, and this conversation with her really made me put all of those things in line. Um, and... I said the other day that I had said to my husband at one point in our life that I would rather completely fake it and be the fakest person that I know just so everybody thinks that it's all okay, right? And you probably all entered into a space of like this poor girl, someone save her from herself. That is not a way to live, right? Or hopefully you were like, oh, I feel that. 
I'm with you, right? Raise your hand if you were. Thank you for raising your hand and being honest. If you didn't raise your hand, there's probably a portion of you that are lying to yourself. I know. We all do it in some way, shape, or fashion. We all do it. So um, I think forcing myself to realize this and putting all of that together the other day was so helpful in me realizing how I show up in spaces sometimes. So when I'm not trusting of someone, what my kind of default is, is to just be like, you know what, it's all fine. It's all great. It's all good. Because I'm so scared. So scared. And this is true to my Enneagram numbers. Like, hey, I mean, when I talk about that book and that discovery, I think it's so helpful to call out the things and your tendencies. And why is that helpful, right? Yesterday, it was painful, because it kind of hurts, right? Like it's a blow to our ego and it's a blow to our realization that we aren't perfect and whole selves. And if you struggle with that information, um, like myself or like my husband, this idea of growth and self-acceptance is hard because we've been coached into these thoughts about ourselves and into these realities that we're perfect and that we shouldn't let anybody know that we aren't because if they know that then they might think that we're weak and here's the truth you are and you are strong even through these weaknesses and pretending like they don't exist and covering them up only makes them a bigger weakness, right? When we call them out, when we give them a name, when we talk about what they are and how they make us feel and what they do to us, it's out there, right? And so living your truth, authentically calling it out like I did with my friend, hey, I don't know why I do this because when I have these conversations with you, I feel really confident and strong in what I'm going to say. But the second that I enter a room where I feel discomfort and where I feel like I don't trust myself in this space, I recoil back and I go into this like facade of a person who just has these ever rose colored glasses on, which is true to my very being. But when something's going on that I don't feel good about, It's hard for me to talk to that, right? It's hard for me to bring that discomfort into the room in a room that I don't trust. And so some of that growth has happened right here with all of you Um, because I've found that it's okay and that when you are living that truth, people can accept that about you. You don't have to have it all figured out right? And maybe some of you are like, no, sister, you do have to have it all figured out. I'm not listening anymore. You're not helpful. Okay. Bye. Thanks for being here. You can go ahead and find the nearest exit. I can't be something that I'm not. This entire podcast is just my truth day by day as I grow through all of this. And I can't not be that. I just can't. And I can't say that every single instance of what's happened here is true, but that's really what I'm trying to bring to you. Um, The true account of what it's like to recover from the death of your dream. And my dream was 
and will forever be known as being a Division One athlete. And I think it's so hard. And my husband and I had a discussion about what it's like for your identity to be there, right? For the longest time, most of us had our entire identities covered and forever built around this idea that this is who we were. And the second that we transition out of that reality, right, we have to become something else. And if that's who we've been for the entirety of our lives, right, like for 21 years, that was the only good thing about me. That was the only thing that anyone accepted about me, being an athlete. And when that went away, it was like, who? So what? I don't know. Like, that was the only thing that would bring passion into my life. And so what do I do now? Who do I become now? How do I work in this world? And are there opportunities for me to feel like I did when I was training? Are there things that I can do that align with that? And that's what's hard. It's like... You have to completely reinvent who you are. You have to completely dive into what makes you feel the way that you did then. And maybe nothing will, but I guarantee there's something out there for you that can give you that feeling that maybe isn't just that, right? And so that's kind of the life's work. Navigating what those things are and finding what brings you that energy. And it could look completely, it absolutely looks completely different for everyone, right? There are different Enneagram numbers, there are different personality profiles, there are different, I mean, I find it amazing that my husband and I's journey is so similar, and yet we are so drastically different, drastic, drastic differences. When they say that opposites attract, we are the most opposite beings that could probably ever exist, and yet we're finding our stride of what that looks like together. And relationships are so amazing in that that's what it is. But you should know the more opposite you are, the more work you are going to have to put into it. Because of your polar opposites, it isn't all going to be sunshines and rainbows. Even though that's like my vision of it, right? We're going to get there, but we aren't going to get there if we just keep ignoring it and we only look at sunshine and rainbow days and only work through there. The reality is you have differences and you have to just start embracing that. That's the truth. You, There's no way around it. And the discomfort in that is that there's discomfort in that. At least that's what it is for me. It's like, you can't just rush through it. There isn't just like a book that you can pick up today and go, oh, this book is amazing. I think it's going to completely change us, even though that's my vision for this, um, for all things, right? Like I want to read the five love languages and completely fix all things that are a struggle point for us, but that's not going to happen, right? It is a continual process every day, probably until one of you dies, of like how you make life work together. And I'm here for it. It is hard. Um, But what's even harder is this idea that you have to just show up as this perfectly polished person. So yesterday, 
or no, a couple of days ago when I'm having this conversation with my friend, I say that thing out loud. I can't take it back and I can't unhear it and I can't unrealize it. And I say it out loud and I realize that this is even a major step for our friendship because I'm even willing to share this with her. And this is like in the deepest, darkest secrets of my underbelly. Like this is something that I've never said out loud and I've never really accepted about myself or my own truth. And it's hard. Right? And so I say this thing to her and I realize that this is probably something that's held me back in a lot of instances of my life. I say that when I'm uncomfortable with people, I have a tendency to just rose-colored glass my way through it. And so I will, I will be able to confidently speak to these things of discomfort. And then when I notice that it's making both of us uncomfortable, I'm like, but it's probably all just fine. And I think that we'll be fine. And let's just get through it. And we're okay. We're good. Okay, we're good, right? I, I, I mean, I can't undo the things that I said, but like, we could just all come up together, like feeling good about this. I think we'll be okay. Let's just move forward. It's all good. I can actually find us steps to move forward from this. This is what we'll do. It'll all be okay. Don't worry about it. I take it back. I take it back. I take it back. I don't want to be uncomfortable anymore, right? And so that, what I'm now realizing after reading more on my personality profile, on my Enneagram type, after looking within and really experiencing the work firsthand of who I am and why I do the things that I do and not shying away from the bad and the good of that, right? Like, take it all in. We aren't perfect people. If that's what you're presenting to the world, right? Be careful. Glass houses. Um, but we aren't perfect people. And so I realized when I say this to her that I back down from uncomfortable situations, from speaking to my own discomfort because I don't like being uncomfortable. Who does? No one. Um, but some people don't have a problem. And my problem isn't speaking to the discomfort. My problem is... My problem is in the reality of, I don't want people to think I'm not happy. Right? And that's so funny because I'm so angry and snarky, you know, prior to all of this growth. And I think that's really because I I tend to go to my line. I tend to go to under stress. And that's where I would have lived a good portion of my life is under this stress zone. And so it wasn't like a discomfort of I'm not happy because if you make people laugh, you're happy. So my anger and my snarkiness created laughter. And so therefore you couldn't think that I wasn't happy because I made people laugh all the time. Right. And that was the cover. And the reality of that is like, I would not ever own the unhappiness. I would just kind of skate through that. And through that, I would end up making people laugh. And then I would just end up recovering from all of it and being like, you know, but it's all going to be just fine. It's just fine. I mean, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And it's all just fine. It's good, right? And 
even here, like we're recovering from a lot of the messages that I've said to you is like, even when COVID started and I started to talk about like, yeah, let's just do it. Let's just dive in. I think, you know, what this whole experience has made me realize is that like silence is okay. I know it's hard for me to even say out loud. Um, and that not being happy is okay. And it's okay for people to see that, right? It's okay for people, for you to express what's going on. It does not make you untrue to who you are. I'll always be optimistic and happy and and joyful. I'm just in a season, right? It's just this one season. And it's okay for people to see that and it won't change how they view you or it will and they may just not be the right people, right? If this one season allows them to change their interpretation of you completely, then that's okay, right? There are more people, I know. It's hard. It's hard work. And the truest answer to all the questions is that you can't rush someone through this. Right? They have to want to grow. I can't just hand this book to my husband and say, hey, I think we should grow together. I have like this vision of rainbows and and lollipops and dreamlands. And I think we should just grow together like as a family, like as you and I, like, let's just do it, right? And with self-discovery and self-growth, you can never rush it. And so even with this podcast, the whole idea around it is that you start recovering from inflictions of dreams never lived on your life and you start signing up for the things that you envision for your life and I can't just have you push play and make you realize that you need to grow beyond the limits that you've put on yourself right but that's the importance of continuing to show up because what I've seen over the past three years of this kind of self-growth thought process is that If I keep showing up to do the work, if I want this growth and trust, it has been a struggle. You know, I would say for the first two and a half years, I was very much in a place of resentment and not wanting growth and wanting to hate the growth and all the people who grew. Um, And I think if you keep showing up to do that work, you will keep breaking down that resistance to it. But what you cannot do is just fast forward someone through the discomfort of it. I can't just do this podcast and you can't just take it in and then go back and think that now that you've heard this, you can't unhear it and that the work is now done because you listen to this podcast every morning. It's not a fast forward situation. I wish that it was. I wish that I could fast forward through all that discomfort. I wish that I could just dream the dreams for you and help you get there. 
by just saying these words to you every morning. But the truth of the matter is, if you or someone that you know wants to grow, that is a completely personal thought process and idea. And how that happens is so personal, right? Is so true to them and the things that give them comfort and growth that you can't, you can't get there for them. It looks completely separate and personal for every person. And you definitely cannot get anywhere unless you want to. Unless you truly want to grow. And I think that's where true growth comes from is like letting down all those barriers, letting down all of those walls and allowing yourself to grow through the good and the bad of yourself. And so that conversation that I had with my friend was me finally realizing that I have discomfort in showing people that I am not always happy. Right? And so realizing that, calling it out, giving it a name, helped me to grow through that thing that limits me. And it doesn't seem like it would be limiting, but as I talked through it with her, I realized how limiting it really was and how it was and is holding me back from places that I want to go. And so Sometimes it just takes someone being willing to be that mirror. I hope to be able to be that mirror. Um, But you should know that if someone is not in a space where they want to allow that growth for their life and for their own reality, being that mirror for them is going to become a very hard place to be, right? Being that mirror for someone who doesn't want to grow is going to severely pain them. So just know that. You cannot know that now. Now you heard it. Now you know that that's a reality because it is. And if you've ever, you know, cornered someone on your living room sofa before with self-growth opportunities who didn't want self-growth, who didn't get there on their own time... (laughs) You know firsthand how painful that is. You can't help someone who doesn't want help. That's the truth. And that's the hard thing. And you're not going to get there in one fell swoop. Oh, I want help now. Oh, I want to grow now. I think I'll just grow. It doesn't just happen that way. You have to continually show up to break that down. And that's why I love this platform of every day because that is what it takes. It takes being willing to consistently show up wanting to do the work. And that's a part of this daily podcast. We're showing up wanting to do the work, wanting to get better, wanting to grow. And it doesn't just happen because you say you want to grow now right? It's continuing to strive. It's continuing to read. It's continuing to look for things that speak to who you are and why you are who you are and how you become the best version of who you are and who you want to be. So that's all we have today. You can go ahead and check out all things The Death of a Dream at nussinc.com. If you want some swag, go ahead and fill out any of those forms. I'd be happy to send it your way. I will pop into your chat or your email um, looking for 
where to send this lovely merchandise. Um, so head over there and check that out. You can follow me on socials. I'm in all the places. Um, as always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world.